podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Anfield Index Talking Tactics Podcast. I'm your host, Leroy Ma, and today we'll be talking about the United Liverpool Derby in Old Trafford. Now, I understand that there are a ton of controversies from the game which will already be covered on a multitude of avenues on Anfield Index and AI Pro already. You know, it could be in podcast or, or article form. So do check those out if you want opinions or, or, or thoughts on those controversies. But for this podcast, considering that it's the Talking Tactics Podcast, We'll mainly be focusing on the tactics of it all and breaking down certain major events that happen in the game. So, as we all know, United won 2-1 and with that said, I think it'd be a really, really good idea to have the point of view from a Liverpool fan as well as a United fan. And with that said, I have two guests on with me, a rare occasion for the podcast. Firstly, I have Tavs on with me, a familiar guest who returns to talk about Liverpool's performance for the most part. Tavs, how are you doing? It's been, a, it's been a while since we last spoken, but great to have you on as always. Yeah, it's been a bit busy with work, but, uh, you know, this is kind of the game you don't want to miss um, reviewing. And uh, although, you know, it's a bit disappointing from a tactical point of view from Jurgen Klopp in Liverpool, uh, it'll still be nice to break it down and see also what Ryan has to say from a, a Man United perspective. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, speaking about the other guests on the opposite corner from you, you know, I have my good friend Ryan Quinn back on the podcast with me to give more of a, a Manchester United perspective or flavour to this podcast. So welcome back to the podcast, Ryan. It's been a while since we last spoken, and the last time we spoke, we were actually sort of looking forward to this picture. So hope you've been well, and great to have you on to discuss, and especially getting your thoughts on, on United game plan. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me back on. Well, in contrast, I really like the result. Um, United's <laughs> tactics paid off. They really paid off. So, yeah, I'm glad we was well, you know, I guess, you know, it's not only a, a diverse can say, mix of, I guess, tactical perspectives on this podcast, but also emotional perspectives, you know, for Tubbs and I, definitely very frustrated, uh, you know, definitely very sad from the game, but Ryan, I'm sure you're, you're, you're really, really jolly today. But yeah, you know, let's kick things off. You know, we, we always begin with lineups, and, uh, you know, I think that's one of the best ways to, to start with, with tactical reviews and things like that. So, you know, let's begin with the more conventional one, you know, so we can start off with Liverpool sign-up because... They pretty much started with a typical 4-3-3. Carriers continues in goals. The, the more regular back four for us from recent weeks, you know, Alexander-Arnold at right-back, Robertson at left-back, uh, Lovren and, and Van Dijk being that centre-back pairing, pretty much standard for us. You know, maybe the only thing that we can possibly see change is, is maybe Matip coming in for Lovren, but otherwise not much uh, to be surprised there. The, the famed front three of Mane, Bobby and Salah, again, not much to be expected there. The bigger surprise, or should I say the more unexpected aspect of the team, is probably in midfield. So, Klopp went with Milner, Emery Chan, and, and Oxley Chamberlain. Tabs, you know, from your side, any thoughts about Liverpool's lineup? Mm. And maybe do you think there are any changes or concerns with that, with that first 11? Well, let's, let's come to the most interesting part first, which is that, that midfield. And, you know, the, Klopp did go for that 1 2 midfield dynamic with Milner and Ox as the number 8s, which is interesting. But I, I personally would have liked to have seen. Wijnaldum, because as we've said before on the tactics pod, him in that swinging number eight 
mm-hmm. uh, where he's able to one receive passes on the on the half turn, two hold up play against the midfield press, and three play that first dribble and pass while still or after occupying a, a defender. I think would have fitted better for. Um, playing against McTominay and Matic. Um, if he was fit enough for the bench, I, I thought he should have started maybe until the second half, and I think he would have uh, shown a more balanced approach to our build-up play. It would have allowed us to liberate Mane into the left-hand side half space more and help try and create those mini-transition moments for Salah, which we didn't do enough of. Um, again, with the other two, uh, we had Chan as the controlling shield, um, but kind of like that early day Yaya Toure where he's got that license to dribble and drive forward at the appropriate times. And, of course, Ox is that free-roll number eight. I think it could have complemented um, having Genie um, in there uh, with those two. Um, coming to our attack, uh, I think, you know, the, the attacking triumvirate, it sort of picks themselves for our system. Um, but the, the key thing to note, I think, for Liverpool fans and um, fans who maybe don't watch a lot of Liverpool is that Mane this season, again, playing as that sort of left attacking mid where he drops deeper into midfield to try and help us escape the midfield overloads or to try and drag um, opposition defenders out of position. Um, and that's to, tr- that, you know, that's really helped complement Firmino in the false nine and Salah, that free forward who's kind of the furthest ahead to try and exploit those um, transition moments where we do get space um, or to try and be creative from the right hand half space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that sort of picks itself. Um, it maybe didn't work as well, I thought, with Milner and um, Mane sort of um, replicating a lot of the areas that they played in. Mm-hmm. But if I look at the defenders, you know, before the game, I, w- I was kind of happy with um, Alexander-Arnold versus Rashford. I was okay, okay with this matchup because you still need someone to interplay with Firmino on the right yeah. um, as he drops deep. And you still need to be able to play those um, vertical passes to Salah um, on the right-hand side. Um, however, I, I infinitely prefer Matip over Lovren. And, and I guess it's mainly because of the, the, the two strengths that you get from Matip compared to Lovren is that you've got the, the cover of Lukaku aerially as well as Sanchez on the ground. And I think that dualistic cover you don't really get with Lovren. He's more of the front foot aerial aggressor. Um, and even then today he, um, he didn't execute. Um, Van Dyke picks himself and Robertson, you know, he, uh, I think he's in on form, despite still improving to catch up to Moreno's offensive impact and carries two picks himself. I think I'll just say on Man United's lineup, I think they just had a lot of offensive-defensive balance. And I think, um, you know, the timely return of Bailly for them, I think, was uh, he played mostly excellent except for the own goal. And I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, when you see Sanchez, Rashford, Mata uh, and the team, I knew it wasn't going to be a matter of parking the bus, but more about nullifying our specific strengths and then um, capitalizing on maybe three or four key ways that um, Mourinho would set them up to attack. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I I really like the point you made about about Wijnaldum and definitely very easy for us to make that call considering that, you know, we have hindsight and things like that. But, Mm. you know, especially when you look into the game prior to the game, you would think that United might go with a more uh, counter-attacking approach to the game. You could say, you know, maybe using Lukaku as that pivot up top and having someone like Rashford or or whoever else to make those runs, you know, walk in transition. So maybe in, in that case, you know, having Wijnaldum go up against a deep defensive block, definitely not the best option, you could say. But yeah, I do understand where you're coming from as well. But Ryan, on the flip side, you know, United went with probably the best of the best that they have from who is available. So Martial and Pogba being out meant that Rashford came in in, in place of Martial and McTominay coming in for Pogba. Any thoughts about this? You know, I think... From Mourinho's side, you know, he could have definitely gone with a more defensive approach, maybe something more 
along the lines of a back three like we saw in the, the reverse fixture earlier on in, in, in Anfield. But, you know, maybe you'd like to share your thoughts on, on what are probably Mourinho's thought process in, in, in terms of picking up this side. Well, uh, prior to the game, I would have recommended a back three. Um, if you take into consideration the Arsenal game, uh, when United played a back three, it was a very quick start. And then United were able to defend after taking the two goal lead. Um, but I was very not surprised, if you could say, by the 4-2-3-1. Um, Pogba's absence meant that it was almost a blessing in disguise. It enabled a better setup. I don't think the system that Mourinho used would have worked had Pogba played. Mm-hmm. And I also think that if you just jump back to Liverpool, I think they honestly missed Jordan Henderson. Um, I think that they would really benefited had he played and had uh, Chan perhaps played ahead instead of Milner. Even I think I think they would have been better against uh, United's midfield, um, and I also think Milner would have been a better one v one situation against Rashford. He played at left back last season, but it showed that um, he, unlike some would argue that Alexander Arnold doesn't have because he's young the defensive awareness to pick up Rashford's runs. I mean Rashford kept playing on the inside of him and. It wasn't great at tracking, and obviously we'll discuss the goals later on. But um, I was also impressed by Sanchez being played centrally. Um, I want Sanchez to play on the right in the long term, but um, I think Sanchez playing the centre against Liverpool's midfield was very, very good by Mourinho. I, I like that. I think he's um, arguably <laughs> Mourinho may use him as a Mourinho-like ten in a way, not the most conventional number ten like matter but um, I think uh, Sanchez was used very well in the centre and um, I also liked the addition of um, McTominay in a pivot with Matic again um, I think that's the conventional pivot that Mourinho prefers and I think it's much more suited to Mourinho's tactics than the pivot of Matic and Pogba um, uh, just referring to what Tubbs said it offered much more offensive defensive balance so I think balance was the key difference between United and Liverpool's lineups. Yeah, and I guess, you know, again, going back to the reverse fixture in, in Anfield, we saw a, a pretty clear idea from Mourinho you know, in terms of having that back three and then having just very pacey wingers and, and, you know, trying to go on the counter a little bit more with that. And and again, when it comes to the lineup yesterday for Mourinho, it seems like, yeah, he struck the balance between uh, the, the, the defensive capabilities, you know, especially having... John Eric Barney coming back to really, really show up their defence, as well as having that, you can say, the attacking balance as well, with, with Rashford playing sort of off the shoulder of, of Lukaku, if you think about it, and as well as having Sanchez and Mata to, to pound the pressure whenever Lukaku drops back. You know, Lukaku comes down the pitch to actually uh, win the ball deeper down the pitch. I think that's where you see someone like Sanchez or Mata making those runs into the box. So, very, very interesting mix by by Mourinho there but I think you know with the lineups out of the way this is a great time to get into the game so before we talk about the performance as a whole unfortunately we have to talk about two pretty early goals and unfortunately they were you know being scored by United Ryan you'll be glad to discuss this for sure so what happens is that De Gea plays a long ball to Lukaku Lawrence steps out to try and contest for it but doesn't even come close to competing with Lukaku in the air I think in fact Lawrence didn't even jump to, to try and contest the, the long ball but Regardless, Lukaku lays the ball off just behind him, and that's where Rashford actually already started to pounce in from their left side. So when when Lukaku actually gets the ball and hits it just behind him, Rashford was already on the run, ready to pounce on that on that second ball. And, you know, and with 
Trent Alexander not supposed to be, you know, picking picking up someone like Rashford. He was actually trailing, but you know, managed to catch up a little bit to Rashford. But Rashford was really, really smart. You know, he pulled the ball back. You know, seeing Trent Alexander actually run across him, takes a great shot using his right foot, and it ends up at the far post. So, you know, I think there were some qualms on whether or not Van Dijk should have actually came across to try and cover for for Lawrence stepping out. But I think while the ball was being headed by Lukaku. Van Dyke was busy occupying Sanchez, who was pretty much down the middle. So yeah, you know, honestly, a really good goal by by Marcus Rashford. You know, took a really really great shot and you know finished it really really well. But you know, there are some questions over what Lawrence should be doing there. You know, and especially on on Alexander Arnold. You know, what was this one going to be one of his bad days? You know, a great way to start the game for United. But what do you make of the goal, right? You know, definitely a really really interesting change of pace for you guys. You know, especially in these big games normally. I would think that you would see United pretty much trying to play the, the counter-attacking game. But yesterday was a very attacking, aggressive side from, from United, for sure. Um, I liked how um, Lukaku was able to pick out the physically inferior of the two centre-backs. It kind of shows just how good and, and intelligent he is as a striker. I also think that Rashford did very well to run, like I said previously, on the inside of, of Arnold um, and... and Coming from a long ball situation, it showed how direct United were at the start of the game. It wasn't a counter-attack game, but it was incredibly straightforward. And it really exploited Liverpool's weaknesses. That's what United tended to do throughout the game, exploit Liverpool's weaknesses. And I liked how Rashford's finish, Rashford's finish was very good. It just placed into the bottom corner. And um, I just think that the goal could be credited in a way to the car just because of how... He, knew, he realised Liverpool's weakness in the air, in aerial duels and strength in aerial duels and playing rush within. It was a great combination. Um, it wasn't entirely unidentical from the second goal as well that we'll discuss in a moment. Great piece of play by, by Lukaku and as well as, as Rashford, you know, to actually get away from, from Trent Alexander-Arnold. But Tarps, you know, going to you on, on this goal, defensively speaking, just really, really messy start to the game and, you know, one that doesn't really... Uh, you know, fill us up with confidence moving forward. Any thoughts on, on this first goal by, by, by United? Well, you know, we uh, Sam McGuire mentioned on Twitter about how uh, towards the end of last season when Chan was playing that shielding uh, number six role, that uh, he was often be, being tasked with uh, being the first point of call for contesting aerial duels that the opposition would um, try and force going long. And uh, instead, uh, Liverpool decided to play Lovren on Lukaku, which... I think for us is more of an offensive tool uh, for two reasons. The first one is we play such a high line that any second ball is either in front uh, and um, or it, it runs in behind to our keeper and, and, and Karis liking to play on his line is able to then gather that ball and we're able to recirculate possession with his um, attacking distribution skills. Uh, the second option is that it liberates our midfielders to to win the second ball in more offensively positioned spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it, it at the same time means um, you, that your fullbacks need to track runners more than your midfielders need to if you want your midfielders to win the second balls. Uh, and you also ask your goalkeeper to be quick off their line in case it doesn't fall your way. And in, in both circumstances, we really needn't do either. Um the most disappointing aspect of it, though, is is Dejan Lovren because his likely only redeeming defensive quality is his aerial ability uh, when the game is in front of him. And for him to not win the duel um, on the first one due to poor positioning and then absolutely botch the decision-making and execution for the second goal, I think is unredeemable. 
Um, you can ask uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold to do better, uh, and he will do better. He'll learn. He's only 19. He's an academy centre midfielder playing out of position at right back uh, um, next to one of our worst performing centre backs in history. I mean, it's a lot to ask. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Klopp in the post-match talked about how when, when Rashford cuts back in, um, he wanted a second defender to be on the, on, on Rashford to stop that shot. And um, I, I just don't understand if that's if he's asking our midfielders to have tracked it or if he wanted um, Lovren to recover in time um, because by the time Rashford's chased down um, and then has to cut back in, that should have been enough time for Lovren to, to recover or whether he's asking for Van Dyke to push on and, and take that role like you mentioned, Leroy. But yet again, like Ryan mentioned, this has been one of our chronic weaknesses. It's reaction, uh, second ball reactions to aerial dual situations. And uh, again, one of our flaws uh, coming out to the fore and it's exposed us. And it's the reason why we conceded not once, but twice. Yeah, and I think especially for me, when I'm, when I'm looking at the, the, the goal again, it seems like for, um, you know, when it comes to criticizing Trent Alexander-Arnold, I, I think... One of the main things that we have to definitely look into and, and definitely consider is that this is probably planned already by, by Mourinho. So whenever the ball goes to Lukaku, Rashford already knows that he has to go and get to the get get to the second ball. You know, just make sure that he spots where Lukaku is going to lay the ball off to and then make that run. So basically, he's already proactively doing it. Whereas when you look at what Alexander Arnold was trying to do, he was actually reacting to what uh, Rashford was trying to play. So I think we have to give that benefit of doubt that a little bit. You know, you have to while you know, Alexander could definitely react a bit faster but again he's reacting and, and, and not actually being proactive about it because he simply can't so I think we have to take that into consideration just a little bit you know before we criticize Alexander you know definitely majority of the blame goes to Lovren for actually stepping out and not even contesting or trying to make it a bit more difficult for Lukaku to lay the ball off but yeah you know definitely a, a mix of tactics and, and, and you can say individual uh, mistake there by, by Lauren for sure. But, you know, moving on from this first goal, before United actually scored the second, Van Dijk actually breaks free from his marker from a corner that we got and actually shoulders the ball just wide. If he did get clean contact on that, on that ball, maybe using his head or something, it would have most likely been 1-1, but nonetheless, we can only wish for such things to happen to Liverpool. But the second goal was really eerily similar to the first one, right? So, again, long ball by De Gea. Lovren contests it with Lukaku. Lovren actually gets the ball this time, but you know, hardly, hardly gets it cleanly and hardly clears it away from danger. Uh, basically, if he falls down from that challenge, Lukaku picks the ball up, plays the the true ball to Mata, who was running from deeper down in midfield, and yeah, you know, Van Dijk actually intercepts the ball from Mata, but the ball fell to Rashford on the left side, and again, Rashford just needs to take a shot with the right foot. It actually deflects off of Alexander Arnold's heel a little bit. And it just sneaks past carriers and that's basically 2-0 basically to United. So, you know, again, <laughs> a very, very frustrating goal to concede, considering that it's just a, a slight variation from the first one. Ryan, any thoughts on this goal? Again, taking advantage of, uh, you know, Lovren being just very, very poor in terms of, you know, whenever it comes to contesting Lukaku in the air. But nonetheless, a great true boy by Lukaku to find Mata and a, a, a pretty good finish by, by Rashford. I'll bet it was a little bit deflected, you could say. Any thoughts? Um, I just liked how, again, Mourinho was, I mean, it's very good use of Lukaku for Mourinho, placing Lukaku on one centre-back, firstly drawing that centre-back towards Lukaku. They're always not going to win that physical duel with Lukaku. It's just it's just inevitability that Lukaku's going to 
head the ball first and like, and then receive my teammate will receive the second ball. Um Matic was Matic, sorry, Matic was unlucky and then uh, but Rashford was good to get on the rebound. Um unlucky for Arnold to have it deflected. Um but uh nonetheless it was a goal, second goal and a very, very vital goal considering the change in pace of the game in the second half. Um I'm not saying that United were lucky throughout or in general, but Liverpool's pace of the game changed. They changed the pace of the game and they made it more difficult for United in the second half. The United played back and uh, allowed Liverpool to have the ball. Yeah, I, I think those are all fair points. And Tubbs, you know, must be gut-wrenching to see such an easy breakthrough once again. You can see a, a bit of luck there in terms of probably the, 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 the poor header by Lovren actually falling to Lukaku and, and the interception by Van Dijk actually falling to, to Rashford as well as that, that, that slight deflection there by Trent and Alexander-Arnold. But overall, any thoughts on this as well? You know, just very, very frustrating for Liverpool fans. You know, we, we almost equalised on one end and, and then, you know, just a few minutes later, we actually concede the second goal. Very, very frustrating for sure, right? Oh, definitely. And this is this is where, you know, we talk about um, how you want to set up your midfield dynamic from a tactical point of view. I think this is probably the one game or one fixture where, apart from, say, um, when we played Crystal Palace and we put Clavan on Benteke, um, or we um, would sort of double uh, or double man mark uh, Benteke. You know these aerial threats. Um, you either have to win the first duel, um, and Lovren, his positioning. I mean, look, this is the, his aerial defending is meant to be one of his better defensive qualities. He's not very good at much else, to be quite honest. Um, and and if he's getting the positioning of when he should go to contest the duel wrong. Uh, particularly against someone like Lukaku, when this is a, uh, a pre-prepared, um, well-known attacking route for Manchester United, that's extremely dangerous. And, um, you know, Mourinho said in the post-match that he kind of creates a variety of different ways for his team to attack, and he's not mechanical in forcing a particular route, but leaving his players to, to make the decisions of, of, of themselves. And um, like we've used, for example, in, in the game against Spurs, we we pitted Mane in, in those mixed zones just in front of Spurs' um, defensive line um, in and around the area where Dyer would be or Dembele would be. And Mane was able to win a lot of aerial duels, which is quite surprising to Liverpool and Spurs fans. Um, we were then able to capitalise in that second ball, those six second ball scenarios. And I think the opposite occurred here where Lukaku is known to be a, a, a dangerous aerial threat and... Um, we saw instantaneously the way that Sanchez was making runs and Rashford was making runs or being a, a wide outlet. Um, the pass that um, Lukaku plays to Sanchez, extremely dangerous, again, penetrating past our defensive line into the space vacated by Lovren. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say, yes, maybe Van Dijk could clear it better or do better. Um, he doesn't, and Sanchez is a really good player. Yeah. Um, Chan isn't able to catch up to Lukaku. We don't double-team him in the aerial duel. Um, and then, you know, Rashford clinical as ever. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, we even got Karras maybe scrambling to try and push forward, maybe stay back and force Sanchez into a difficult area. Um, it's just a, you know, a calamity. Um, and it all starts from, I think, more the manager, the way he's able to set up the team to deal with that aerial duel or that attacking threat for Man United. Um, it's arguably negligent, um, but he's put in a lot of trust in, in Lovren. Uh, based off his previous performances in the air, and uh, um, I guess he let him and the team down. Yeah, for sure, and especially when you look at that 
uh, the sequence of plays just before the goal again, right, for the second goal. So when Van Dijk actually intercepts Mata's ball there, Carriers actually stepped out and, and was ready to actually try to, to contest that ball with Mata. Mm. So that's why he stepped out to the left. And that's why when you see Rashford taking the shot, you can see Carriers actually trying to run back over to to his uh to the near post. And, and you know, probably mm. the, you might see some some criticism over Carriers on that, but we do have to understand that there was some slight misunderstanding between Van Dijk and, and Carriers and especially Carriers coming out to be that contingency plan just in case Van Dijk doesn't catch up to Mata quick enough. So, you know, there's just all these small things actually contributing to the second goal there. So, again, very, very frustrating. But throughout the whole first half, there were multiple issues for Liverpool. But, you know, Ryan just wanted to go back to you on this. So, again, what I said earlier was that, um, you know, a, a very different United side than what we're expecting. You know, a very attacking side, a very aggressive side from, from, from past encounters. So, maybe you'd like to get a little bit into, into how United actually set up and, and, and maybe what you thought of, of uh, Mourinho's game plan or play style at least for that first half? Well, I really liked United's set-up. Um, like you said, it was very aggressive. Um, it was very direct. And what I would like to say, however, is how impressive United were without the ball. Um, United almost switched in the very beginning of the game to a 4-4-2 um, without the ball. Uh, it worked well for me against Liverpool's front three. It nullified the space they had because both Liverpool's uh, in well, wide players in Salah and Mane, they like to tuck inside, especially Mane. And they like to have space to receive the ball and to play and to move the ball into space, but they didn't have that against United setup. They didn't, and I think the pivot of McTominay and Matic was excellent, and it helped determine the shape as well. They covered the six-yard box very well, um, especially when Liverpool had the ball in the final third. And I also think that United's one v one duels were successful. Young against Salah, even Lukaku and Lovren, and I also think that Rashford did very well against. Alexander Arnold for Mesa again. And I was just impressed by the movement of the wingers as well. Matter and Rashford would enable the back six to form at times. They track back very well and as the fullbacks would tuck inside. And um I also think that um the quick start really benefited United, like it did against Arsenal. And after the after the two goal lead, United, as we've discussed, they became much more deadly. And um I also liked how well, the own goal somewhat dampened United's good defensive work, but overall it was really good, really good setup defensively speaking. Yeah, and uh, you know, I guess there, there's something to be said about Liverpool's only goal coming from an own goal, and you know, I think that that shows a lot about how how well United did defensively. But again, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But that's, so you know, we go into into the break, just you know, just escaping a third goal from United. Mata actually got free. Again, from Lawrence's <laughs> mistake, we all know this, right? Lawrence was actually tracking Mata, but in the end, he didn't follow him for the most part. Mata was literally free in that penalty spot area, trying a scissor kick or a bicycle kick. I'm not too sure what you want to call that, but you know, it just goes just wide. Liverpool go into the half 2 0 down against United. Old Trafford, definitely not a good spot to be in. But you know, coming out for the second half, we actually thought that there was going to be some changes. You know, I personally thought that considering how bad Lawrence was playing, maybe we could have seen. Klopp do a, a, a Spurs against Lovren, you know, just subbing him out and actually, you know, managing the damage rather than, you know, trying to maintain his confidence. But ultimately, he didn't. But I guess in hindsight, what kind of changes would you like to have seen happen at halftime, perhaps? You know, something had to be changed, right? Oh, definitely. I think the, the, the biggest problem I had in that first half was the Milner-Mane combination, I think, was a major problem. It restricted our attacking creativity 
to very narrow areas of midfield without the effective interplay from Firmino. And with, like Ryan said, with, um, Man United setting up in that, uh, defensive, defending the six yard box and, and setting up in the six of the back at times, um, they mostly ignore the man and mark the space and it put more earnest on Mane and who's dropping deep as we know this season into midfield, um, and Ox in that free number eight to create from midfield into a congested final third, which I think completely ignored the potential of our fullbacks to add deep width. Um, and of the moments that we were able to find space from a successful Mane or Ox pass, Firmino and Salah were man-marked, or, or Milner was the one with some semblance of time and space, but we know he doesn't have that creativity and dribbling ability to be a threat or to allow us to penetrate down the left with Robertson. That In, 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 in addition to that, uh, to compound that, we were extremely wasteful in possession too, particularly from Ox and Mane giving up easy pos- easy passes, easy possession. Um, we know that Ox, you know, Ox is the type of centre midfielder where he uses his athleticism more than anything to catch up to his first touch into space. Yep. And he was a little sloppy and slow to it when McTominay or Matic pressured him. Um, and that's why I thought it would have been nice to instead have Wijnaldum and Chan in Ox and Milner's roles uh, that day instead, because then we could allow Mane to be the one further forward, the one having the, the semblance of space that Milner was afforded and allow him to try and interplay with um, with Robertson or, or Firmino. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one issue. The second one was, you know, I felt, um, look, I know it hasn't been this way, but I felt that Van Dyke needed to be a, a more creative threat um, with regards to, um, you know, linking into midfield overloads. But, you know, he has mostly played uh, played the, the centre-back who plays the long diagonal pass yep. rather than being the guy who dribbles, links into the midfield overloads in the opposition half and then and, and tries to, to play out. Um, it's more Matip who was the one doing that. But he wasn't playing, so um, you know the times that we would saw we would see Lovren dribble forward, he would kind of play the sideways pass to Chan and mm-hmm. then turn back around and go back to you know protecting the counter for, from Lukaku. Um, but even without Matip, Van Dijk rarely played those diagonals. So again, we lost an option in in stretching um, uh, Man United's defensive lines from a horizontal point of view. Um, and, you know, Klopp has to kind of figure out, you know, what sort of dynamic does he want with his centre-backs? Um, you know, like we mentioned on the, the Van Dyke signing pod that, you know, I'd like to see, I, I sort of compare it to a, uh, you know, kind of ironic with this being about the Man United game, but a sort of Ferdinand-Vidic partnership would work really, really well with Van Dyke more that Ferdinand-esque. Um, and to get an enforcer like Vidic, um, you know, Lovren is not the, the right person for that. And, you know, we talked about players like um, uh, Jimenez at Atletico or Sionku, who's at uh, Freiburg, I think, in the Bundesliga. That style of player is probably necessary. Um, you know, that was one issue. And the third one, um, look, I have to say, you know, this is the exact moment where either Coutinho um, or Norigi was needed um, or like you were saying before, Roy, um, before the pod, you know, maybe switching systems to a 3-4 or 3-5 to kind of overcome moments where, I know Ryan said that the, the pivot of McTominay and Matic worked really well. They were really solid. They helped keep Man United's shape. But there were moments where particularly Matic would overcommit. And um, I think for us to be able to stretch the pitch, maybe force their fullbacks into decisions where they may vacate Salah if we flooded the midfield with five players, and we're able to exploit those moments where Matic overcommitted, um, that would have given, again, new uh, defensive 
situations and problems for Man United to try and protect against. Um, I thought Klopp was a little bit too stubborn in how he tasked our attackers and their movements. Uh, Mane was never in space. Um, Ox did at times get space in front of the box, but there was no possibility to play a pass into anyone. And we took so many low percentage long shots, uh, which were then blocked. And then they resulted in corners where we didn't really create anything. And that Van Dyke header that was actually more, uh, came off his shoulder was a situation that I think accounted for like 40, 40, almost 40% of our expected goals that game. So when you consider shot quality, uh, Man United definitely trumped us in, in that department. And that was something we had to improve. Um, those were things that I would have liked to have seen. Um, and it also speaks to our lack of creative depth, which we knew with the top four race being so tight, that selling Coutinho mid-season uh, was always going to be a huge, uh, you know, questionable in quotation marks calculated gamble. But, um, uh, you know, it seems like Klopp brought on Lalana, which I could understand what he was doing with that. Um, you know, Lalana's got the close control uh, in tight areas when he's being pressured from behind. The kind of player who likes to dribble in um, on, on the half turn, uh, hoping that um, Ox losing possession in space, uh, we could get rid of that um, that problem and turn that into a strength with Lalana. But he came on and wasn't able to do that either. So um, really disappointing uh, what eventually happened with regards to changes from us. Yeah, I guess for me, when we were one nil or two nil down, I thought you know perhaps the best situation or, or at least the best way to, to control the damage or, or I guess stop the bleeding here is perhaps to switch into a back three. So I, I personally I didn't think we really needed the three midfielders against United's double pivot, right? So they were more uh, content or focused on, on defending when they are deeper down the pitch rather than actually pressing us in midfield and, and you know setting up that mid block. So I would have much rather have that third centre back to counteract their uh, the Heia Lukaku tactic there to compensate for Lovren actually stepping up and vacating the, the vacating the space behind. This could be Joe Gomez coming in at right centre back for me. You know, maybe allowing him to push out to right back when we have the ball. That allows Alexander Arnold to tuck into midfield or, you know, even push it further up the right side when we have the ball, which he does not anywhere at right back. So I thought maybe that would have been a better option for us. A wild thought that I've seen people actually throw out and I thought, you know, was was pretty good as well is to have Gini come in at that right centre back that could work as well just having him play those easy the, the safe balls which are you know ultimately the right passes but allowing why not uh, you know someone like Emery Chan to be a bit more adventurous up top allow Milner to get into those wing areas a bit better I thought that would have been better for us and we've seen in the past with Emery Chan where he moves out to the left side and actually forms that passing triangle with the left back and the left winger and then you know that allows Milner to go and do the same thing on the right side I think that would have been a bit more beneficial for us but overall again you know, it comes down to Klopp again being a bit stubborn in terms of, of changing systems a bit quicker and, you know, just us failing to adapt to what United did. But again, you know, just before the first half ended and and the start of the second half, we see two pretty different United sides. So, Ryan, I'd like to get your thoughts a bit, a bit on this. So, the change that we see from United was not a, a personnel change per se, but more of the, the mindset or the play style. So, in the first half, as I mentioned earlier, very surprising, very attacking side from United. But at the start of the second half, it was more of a a, a, a typical, stereotypical United side, you know, just playing to contain the team. And, you know, at 2-0 up, you have full rights to do it. Just containers, which you guys can do really well. And, you know, again, it plays to, to Liverpool's uh, weaknesses. And you already have the players to go on the counter to try and scratch the lead if the opportunity presents itself. So, do you notice that change as well? And, you know, and you mentioned it a bit on this earlier, but... Are there any other thoughts on, on United's performance in the second half as well? 
Um, well, I'd just like to comment on how United's game plan <clears throat> in the second half really brought out the weaknesses in Liverpool, as you just said. Um, I think it allowing Liverpool the ball played into United's hands, I think that Liverpool um, made it difficult for themselves in terms of the combinations, in terms of the movement the front line made, and in terms of how Tubbs mentioned earlier, the, the midfield, I, I think the midfield trio was chosen incorrectly, if I could say. I mean, I'm not I'm not one to question Jurgen Klopp, but um, Henderson and perhaps Wijnaldum as well would have benefited Liverpool. Even Lallana came on uh, and he made some interesting movement, but I think it was too little too late. I also think that um, United benefited in the second half because they were, I think it was a very Mourinho-style United game plan in the second half. The first half took me by surprise. Um, uh, In the second half, um, allowing Liverpool the ball um, meant that um, United were able to sit back. The back six was much more apparent. Um, and even when Fellaini came on, I mean, you didn't mention you mentioned the lack of a personnel change, but I think Fellaini really did change the game. Um, I think Fellaini coming on for Rashford meant that a four-five-one without the ball was formed at times. I think uh, I also, if I may say, Sanchez was incredibly important. I think he was excellent in terms of pressing, and I also think that when playing centrally and playing eventually out wide as the game progressed. I think that he was excellent in tracking back. I think also when Liverpool would enter the United final third, uh, United would regain possession. Sanchez would be one of the players to carry the ball out of the box and just either try and create an attack or simply bring the ball as far out away from United's half as possible. And I really like that. And um, I also noticed that during set pieces, set pieces were Liverpool's biggest threat during the game. United didn't defend well from set pieces. That's one thing that can be taken away from the game that United didn't do very well. Um, and I think that was shown by how towards the second half, at times, Lukaku obviously did defend in the box, but there were times when Lukaku was the only player forward during corners. United would have nine, nine, ten men in the penalty area. And I think Fellaini benefited from that as well, coming on Fellaini, coming on help in set piece situations. Um, but I also think that United, um, did very well to congest the penalty area and, Force Liverpool to do things that they may have not wanted to do, even though they had the more possession, they had the more chances. But I think that um, crossing situations, especially Liverpool's left side, I think Robertson was, for me, Robertson was Liverpool's best player in the game. People may disagree with me, but I think that he made some very good movement. He did. He tried hard to um, support Salah. Oh, sorry, support Mane, my bad. And um, he, he made some good overlaps and he made some good crosses. So, and his, one of his crosses led to the young goal. So um, I, I think uh, Robertson was Liverpool's best outlet against United. He was the most effective outlet, I should say, against United, considering the move of Mane being halted by United's impressive block. And I think when the second half started, we actually had a chance for Salah coming in, and that was through the centre. So Firmino dropped back into uh, you know deeper areas deeper down the pitch, you know, played that locked ball over to Salah, and he was you know basically going up against three United players. So... Definitely had all the space congested for him, but for the most part, especially up until maybe the, the 70th or, or, or so sort of minute there, I think Liverpool were definitely focused on, on you know, trying to make use of those wide areas. And, you know, we definitely see that with Robertson, as you mentioned earlier, evident with the cross, which could have possibly been caught for a handball, but that's a topic for another day. And we also saw mm-hmm. the own goal coming in from with a cross from the left side as well. We saw Alexander Arnold uh, pushing up a little bit further than normal, and... I guess having Salah come and play in, in those areas inside the box in that right half space. So I think it was pretty evident that 
you know, the only way that we were really going to break through was to put in the cross and just hope for the best, right? You know, just hope for lucky deflections or, again, like, like you know, just lucky handballs or you can say may- maybe just lack of awareness mm-hmm. or concentration from, from United defenders and, and, and try to take advantage from that. And also, I, I think Tops already mentioned about the Lalana substitution. I think that was mainly to to have someone to, again, wriggle around those tight spaces and just lay off the ball for someone to put a cross in. And that's why we saw Lalana coming on and sort of occupying that left side a little bit, uh, you know, for the most part, if I, if, if I, can, if I can guess. So, yeah, it, it, it does make sense for me to say that Liverpool were definitely focused on, on trying to make use of those wide areas. But, you know, we can maybe talk about the own goal a little bit from here. So, Mane made the cross from the left side, actually. and Robertson's cross led to that handball. Yep. Oh god, that's my best. <laughs> that's Edit fine. that out. <laughs> yeah, you know, there were so many crosses, so I don't blame you for actually forgetting who put in the cross for what. But, you know, Mane put in the cross, Bailly tried to clear it, but using his left foot instead of his right, which was a bit odd. It actually deflected off of his inner thigh or something like that over to the near post. De Gea tried to get a hand on it, but definitely not quick enough to clear it away from goal. So, you know, very, very, uh, a, a very lucky goal for Liverpool to get. But again, it, it definitely shows how bad Liverpool were in terms of chance creation and touch. You know, any thoughts on this? On, on, on this, you know, maybe you'd like to elaborate a little bit on Liverpool's, uh, you can say, the play style coming in from Liverpool trying to make use of those wide areas and especially that own goal, definitely uh, a very rare sight for Liverpool for sure, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, for Tutus, I think, you know, um, for all the hype about Andy Robertson, you know, uh, he, you know, to quote, I'm trying to recall a tweet from Jan Riha on Twitter where he's talking about how uh, Robertson is one of the worst or having the, if not the worst, accuracy of crossing in the top five leagues from anyone who's ever made, uh, I think, nine or ten or more successful crosses this season, and he sits, like, last or second last in, like, 144th or 143rd place or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, we're not a great crossing team. Um, you know, the big difference between us and a team like, say, Man City is that um, they're able to complete these very deep um, crosses um, from the byline, um, and it's a, a big reason, a big part of that is their um, their fullbacks and the way their fullbacks um, play. Um, the biggest problem for us was we weren't able to create enough of these mini transition uh, sort of moments. You know, um, Man United were able to nullify our strengths, particularly in that second half, and that includes our ability to counter press in the mid to final third, um, uh, preventing the ability of Mane and Firmino when they drop deep to interlink with our fullbacks and then um, stretch Man United's defensive lines, uh, especially in those mix zones where they, they can um, then play in uh, long balls behind. And we saw a few of these movements in the first half where Firmino drops deep and then Ox goes in the space he vacates. Um, Milner didn't really do that as much. Um, he was often sort of trying to play these one-two passes with Mane, but, you know, um, wasn't able to find Firmino in a good situation and or, or Robertson in a good situation. Um, and in, in one of the few moments that we're able to get Mane out wide right in space, um, again, you know, very uh, not a very dangerous or threatening cross or even potential from that cross. I think a lot of Liverpool's plays in the box were already man-marked. Um, but I think we just got lucky with the way that, um, you know, uh, Bayou doesn't execute on clearing his line and it goes through um, on a goal. But it does sort of change the dynamic in the sense that, um, you know, Mourinho then has to reconsider um, taking off uh, um, 
uh, Rashford as well. Yeah, and, and, and he mentioned this in his post-match where, you know, we tried to move even more narrow and then vacate space for um, Trent out wide and maybe get Mane out wide and further forward. Um, and because of that, we saw... Man um, United's wider attackers having to do a bit more defensively, and um, when you're on yellow card, that's obviously dangerous. And so um, we won't we won't get into the controversies, um, but uh, I think the way that they were able to nullify, recognize it, make the change, nullify it, um, kept uh, you know kept us begging us uh, begging questions from Liverpool from an attacking point of view, and we weren't able to um, to be creative enough. Um, uh, it was really disappointing. Um, you know, in that second half that we weren't able to make the changes. Um, we've talked about the three at the back. I mean, look, it's, it's a system we've, we've toyed with in the, in last season. And that was more because we wanted to increase our, um, build up creativity from wider areas or be able to, um, defend leads. And in both situations, we weren't able to execute. Um, there's not really much to indicate that we could execute doing it this season. And so, um, I really do think it's a combination of player personnel, um, but also understanding um, how Man United would like to play and set up from a defensive point of view, knowing how can you best uh, counteract that. Um, and uh, yeah, we just weren't able to do it. Um, Klopp wasn't able to set up the team to do so. Yeah, and I guess, you know, speaking about the, the Rashford uh, substitution there, I think when he actually went off, I was pretty puzzled there, you know, because Rashford is pretty much their fastest player and the only uh the only real threat you could say for for united to actually power the pressure on us going on counters you know defending really deep and then going on counters like i said earlier using lukaku as that pivot up top and then having sanchez and mata just being very good in passing and just having rashford just make those runs uh in, in, into more open spaces you could say but you know taking off rashford was a bit puzzling for me but yeah after, after especially what you, both of you have said definitely makes sense for for, for him to take off Rashford, you know, being on a yellow card already, and there's, there's more emphasis to defend at wide areas more. Like, I think that makes a bit more sense, you know, just having having someone who's probably a bit better to, to, to defend those wide areas, you know, especially when you consider that Ashley Young is really occupied with Mo Salah, and to be fair, Ashley Young did really well to mark Mo Salah out. You definitely need someone to try and cover for the fullbacks pushing up. And I think what happened is that probably Klopp or, or someone from his team recognised this change and recognised the reason behind the change. So 10 minutes later, we actually see within the space of what, 3 to 4 minutes, we see both of our fullbacks going off. So Alexander Arnold and Andrew Robertson actually going off. And we actually see Wijnaldum and Solanke coming on. So I think that was a, uh, a big shift there. You know, We actually see Klopp trying to adapt to the game and adapt to Mourinho's substitution as well. Just being a bit more central and, and, and try to force the United players to play a bit nearer to each other. And that means that you know it could cause a bit more communication issues or, or maybe some... some uh, misunderstandings to happen and we did see a, a, a few breakthroughs or, or uh, you could say a, a few close chances here and there but ultimately United were able to see the game out and I guess at the same time we, we didn't really manage to see Klopp overcoming this uh this really deep defensive block that United set up and yeah you know ultimately Liverpool lose 2-1 so very very frustrating game but to be fair Mourinho got his tactics pretty much spot on from, from start to finish Klopp didn't adapt uh, to, to to the changes quick enough and yeah you know like I said the 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 Wijnaldum substitution came in at like what the 80th minute or so definitely way too late to make any changes even though there was six extra minutes added on but yeah you know just very 
very difficult for anyone to actually come in and, and make a huge impact to try and change the game. So, yeah, you know, with that said, any final thoughts on the game? Ryan, we'll begin with you. Any final thoughts on the game or any overall performance by any players or anything that you'd like to touch on in terms of tactics? Um, well, I was particularly impressed by the performances of Bailly, uh, McTominay and Lukaku. I liked how Sanchez and Rashford were used, but I think the three spine players you could say really really were important to the result in my opinion um i like the use of substitutions again from both sides i liked how fellaini was brought on not in the sense that rashford was brought off but just in terms of how it supported united in set piece situations which were again liverpool's biggest threat mm-hmm. and i liked how um fellaini just you know, he just added a sense of solidity that really needed, um, considering United's tactical change in the second half. United became more restrictive as the game progressed, and I think Fellaini benefited that, um, or from that. And um, I, there's a variety, there's, there's variation in perspective of the game itself, how the result turned out, and Mourinho's tactics in big games. But I think that this game shows that Mourinho's defensive tactics, um, they may not be the most aesthetically pleasing, but they, they grind out results. And um, when they do work, they work very well. And it shows that Mourinho is a very good tactician. But some have, some have quite, or even I have questioned some tactics on United's behalf this season. But I think it just shows that in big games, you should put some trust in your manager. And um, uh, I just also think that Pogba's absence, I was very worried by. But he it was a blessing in disguise in a way, considering... I think United lacked something in transition. I think they lacked some. I mean, I think don't think United could play the counter as well because Pogba didn't play. Yep. I think it restricted United in terms of combinations and playing the balls. I mean, obviously, I think Lukaku would have played more off the shoulder of the defender had Pogba played. But he was, uh, it was almost a, a straight direct duel, and it resulted in more long balls. Pogba can play those diagonals as well, but I just think that it would have been a, a little bit more open had Pogba played. Um, Pogba didn't play in the uh, game at Anfield, if I remember correctly, because he was injured. Um, and United were very, very defensive. And I think even if Pogba played in that game as well, it would have been a bit more open, even if it was at Anfield. And um, I'd just like to say that I'm, I was happy with the result. You may not be, and your frustration showed today. But uh, yeah, I was I was very glad of the result. It puts United in a good position um, to finish second. Yeah, for sure. And I think to be fair, you know, perhaps the last three or four uh, you know, fixtures between Liverpool and United, you could say that Liverpool were definitely the better team. It's just that United defended better, if, if that makes no, sense. No, I'd say, sorry, I think sure. um, considering the game yesterday, Mourinho summarised it perfectly. Uh, Liverpool controlled the game with the ball. United controlled the game without the ball. Yep. Um, it, was just, it was a simple binary opposite. And um, But I think Liverpool didn't help themselves at times and I think they Liverpool's game plan and United's game plan played into United's hands. It just it just helped United. Yeah. I think they've had Liverpool been a little bit more a little bit more straightforward like United, I think something could have changed from it. But uh I think um Liverpool um they created some very good chances but I just think that they at times have, this season have been the cause of their own downfall in a way, if I may say. Yeah, that was what I was gonna get into, you know, so like I said, the last three or four fixtures you know, you can argue that Liverpool were definitely the better team, but I think for yesterday's game, to be fair, United were the better team offensively and defensively. You know, they, whenever the chance 
came, they actually took advantage of it and played the right passes, made the right moves, made the right runs, and, and definitely finished the ball when they needed to. And when it came time to actually hold the fort and try to defend, they did it really well. And again, the only time you guys considered was through an own goal, and that was definitely, you know, considering own goals for you guys, definitely few and far between, especially in the fashion that it was considered by. I think, yeah, you know, Liverpool, uh, Liverpool were definitely, not to say outclassed, but you could say that they, they weren't the better team this time around. Tubbs, any thoughts? Any final thoughts about the game on your side? Oh well, you know when I when I look at the, the the shot quality from us, I think it also points a little bit to uh, some of the impatience and also the excellent defending from particularly say Ashley Young mm-hmm. in um, man marking Salah so that he wasn't able to get into space. Um, it reminded me a little bit, you know, from a, from a feeling point of view, reminded me of that. Um, game against Chelsea towards the end of the season in 13-14. Um, of course, you know, not as many dangerous shots as that game when, where Schwartz, I think, had an amazing, um, performance and, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to the Aussie keepers, but, uh, um, it was, it had that sort of feeling. And I think, um, you know, for Klopp, you know, counterpressing is such an important playmaker. Um, and if Man United were going to counterattack, I think, Maybe, um, you know, like Ryan said, you know, Pogba has such a versatile skill set um, from a midfield point of view and at such an elite level that um, when it came to trying to escape our counterpress, perhaps, just perhaps, even though Pogba's, you know, um, a little bit uh, or definitely more talented than, um, say, Matic and um, McTominay when it comes to playing out and, and countering and, and those passing sequences, um, it perhaps also provides us a, a, a better counter-pressing situation when it comes to players holding onto the ball for that little bit longer um, or maybe trying a more adventurous pass. Um, whereas I thought um, when it came to, particularly in that first half, uh, Man United trying to pass out to escape our, our middle to final third press, they mostly did an excellent job. And, and that's the sign of a really um, well-prepared uh, attacking team. Uh, their passes in, in wider areas um, when Young and Valencia would get forward was excellent. The way they were able to interplay with Sanchez and, and um, Lukaku in those mixed zones was excellent and didn't really allow us to create those those moments that we do thrive in. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, our decision-making in those situations probably wasn't as, as top-notch as it could have been uh, in the rare few moments where Ox found space and, and, again, lots of people taking long shots as opposed to, um, you know, having that extra patience to find the, the, the extra pass. Um, perhaps Salah being a little bit more dynamic in his movements. Um, we've, we've seen a lot of um, the strength of Salah is not him uh, on the edge of the box, but more a little bit deeper, but in space. And he has the ability to go in and out. Um, and even when he goes outside, we know he's so left-footed, but he's still able to dribble and weave through players. And I think that was that was definitely missing. Um and also, you know, a testament to, to Mourinho, the way he is able to manage his players. You know, someone like Fellaini, um, who was, you know, on the verge of being sold and then um, not getting sold. And then Mourinho sort of playing it as if he needs this player in his team and giving him that kind of confidence boost for him to then come on and, and perform in, in, in a role that was, you know, that Mourinho needed him to play. Um, he did his job perfectly. And um, that was kind of also a little bit of the difference when, um, we tried to make some differences with our fullbacks being midfielders um, uh, to try and maybe stretch play or add a little bit more passing creativity from wider areas um, or maybe to cross it to Solanke and Robertson is 
one of our better crosses from the left um, compared to, say, Milner, who's better from the right. Uh, it was just a little bit desperate from Klopp um, rather than calculated, uh, and that was a little bit frustrating. So I think these are important lessons to learn from. Um, and, you know, who f- you know who really cares about aesthetics when you look at the table? You know, Man United now five points ahead of us, Spurs two points behind with a game in hand. Of course, tougher fixtures for them. Um, but it just makes it that little bit more difficult for the for the top four um, positioning, and we always want to improve and do better. Um, and uh, with Champions League fixtures still to play, it's always something you have to keep in the back of your mind when it comes to rest and rotation. Um, and also ask new questions of our squad depth from an attacking point of view when things aren't working well. So um, hopefully Klopp can fix these things going into the I guess the tail end of the season. You know, I think those pieces of final thoughts from both of you guys definitely highlights how 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 great football is. So you know, we we've taken out all the controversies. You know, we didn't talk about the ha- the, <laughs> the handballs. We didn't talk about the penalty calls. We didn't call about we didn't talk about any of the the the, the weird fouls that you know could have gone either way or the fifty fifty uh, challenges. We took off all of the controversies from the game, but yet we are you know we still have a, a huge chunk of of content to talk about, and it was mainly focused on. On, on tactics and performances and any patterns or trends that we see. So, you know, that's definitely the beauty of football. So to return the favor to you guys, definitely gonna let you guys plug a few of your of your content or, or, or pieces of work. So Ryan, starting with you, definitely one of the best writers out there in terms of tactics, you know, especially when it comes to United and, and you definitely cover a, a ton of other things in football as well. Anything that you'd like to plug or give a shout out to in terms of your work? Thank you. Um, my Twitter app is Quintactics and my website is theconventionalplaymaker.wordpress.com. Thank you. Yeah, you know, just let me follow Ryan. All the all the content will be there. And I, I, I'd like to say that a majority of his content and thoughts are on Twitter itself. So do follow him and you know you can definitely get a, a, a wide range of, of, of tactical discussions and things like that on his Twitter. So do check that out. Tap, anything coming from your side? Uh, not really. The only thing that I've sort of been talking about on my on my timeline is uh, um, Klopp changing um, or Liverpool possibly changing who they target for their midfield dynamic next season um, with those recent links to Jorginho and, and Lewis Cook. And um, Lewis Cook's a player I really like, um, uh, particularly for a British player who's very young um, and, you know, sort of discussing um, what they can offer to Liverpool or why there might be a change from Klopp. Um, as opposed to say, you know, how we were going for Milinkovic Savic and um, uh, those types of players in midfield instead. So uh, apart from that, no real other pieces um, or podcasts, but uh, always happy to talk to people on Twitter about anything Liverpool. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, do follow these two guys. Definitely very, very entertaining stuff on their, on their timelines. Thank you so much for coming on once again, guys. And to you listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Entry Index Talking Tactics Podcast. I've been your host, Yerema, and we'll see you next time.